0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a fifteen hundred dollars first bet offer on your first wager. Let's
1: go, man! Bear it I'll do. It.
2: You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network.
1: Well, that was uh, another really disappointing loss for the 49ers. I know they had come into this game against the Atlanta Falcons on a two game winning streak, but I mean, this one, man, 28 to 14 against a team that I think that they were more talented than. I think that Atlanta surprised them a little bit. And Matt, you know, the story of the game for me was that. Atlanta was able to imprint the 49ers' own game plan onto the 49ers. Right, they 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 gave the 49ers a taste of their own medicine. We're talking about 40 rushes, 33 minutes of possession. They won the turnover battle, uh, and I, I think when you lose by the same sword that you usually use to, to defeat other teams, it can be extra deflating. And that that to me is what it felt like for the 49ers because they, they really saw that that medicine of theirs applied against them. And they they weren't tough enough to win this game. They had a lot of injuries, obviously, that fed into it, but they did have their chances to overcome some of those injuries and they didn't capitalize on those either.
3: No. um, And after the game, Kyle Shanahan said he thought the pivotal play was that third and 13 where um, the the 49ers had a free runner. I think it was Drake Greenlaw um, coming at Marcus Mariota and just couldn't get him to the ground. And Mariota ends up scrambling for the first down. They go uh, on to score a touchdown. That obviously was a, a big, pivotal play. But to me, the, the big one was the the Jeff Wilson fumble. I mean, it, it led to a, a quick seven points for the Falcons. And to your point, it allowed them to kind of uh, do what they do best, which is just hammer away at teams uh, and not have to play from behind and took advantage of a, a weakened 49ers defensive line. Although, to be honest, I, I, th- I thought that that line held up pretty well all things considered, but um, it allowed the, the Falcons to play like they want to play, Dennis, but it also meant that the 49ers couldn't play their game, which is uh, you know basically the same thing. They wanted to be the one that was pounding the ball. They couldn't do it. They uh, sort of had to go piecemeal for most of the game, and then when there were big plays, boy, that was sort of the story of the game. They just met, missed those big play opportunities, and uh, all of a sudden you've got a 28-14 to 14 loss. Yeah, you're right. It was, it felt like Atlanta kind of had
2: uh, the 49ers game plan, but, you know, going into this football game, you know, the biggest challenge was going to be if you could stop Atlanta's run and the 49ers weren't able to, to do it, you know, and in, in this makeshift uh, defensive line, which they played well, but they were missing three starters. They're missing a lot of starters and they end up losing uh ward earlier in the football game. So, you know, Atlanta was able to pound the ball. That's what it, I mean, they they got up front line of scrimmage, they got out physical. I mean, they were they these these running backs were running hard. And the defensive line to me, it just looked like they couldn't get off blocks. And they were catching running backs three yards past the line of scrimmage. And then the running backs were were falling forward. So and then, you know, Mariota was, you know, he he's he, he's a mobile quarterback. He is. That's what he did at Oregon. You know, he didn't do it that much. He hasn't done it that much NFL first couple of years with the Titans. But he is a mobile quarterback. Uh, and he was able to extend a lot of plays. You talk about that third and 17 or 18. Um, that was a big play. But, you know, the touchdown running around the corner, uh, you know, running around uh, Womack. I mean, he's a mobile quarterback. He's a big guy. He's got... Big strong legs and he's and he's pretty fast. And again, the 49ers have issues with a mobile quarterback. But you're right, they just pounded. I mean, they pounded the 49ers. It was tough to watch. And when they got down 14 points, but then all of a sudden, with the help of special teams and a great return, you know, you you get 14 points back. But that was it. And I think that was early in the first half. And after that, it was nothing. And, you know, we I'm sure we're going to talk about. That last drive, that whatever it was, a nine minute or a 10 minute drive with no points on the board, just, you know, the 49ers just aren't built, I think, to come back. I think they're built to hold on to a lead. And that's what you get with Jimmy Garoppolo, I think. I don't think he's a quarterback that's going to drive you down the football field um, and win, you know, and get, you know, quick 13, 14 points on the board. So the 49ers got beat up. You know, this is a game I think we all predict. That's so why I hate predictions. We all predicted that the 49ers and they, you know, they should have won this football game, but the the Falcons came out and they played their brand of football and they just pounded the ball and held on to the ball. And the offense, you know, they had two series where they clicked and that was it. And again, missed opportunities, big plays down the football field. So it was tough to yeah. watch.
1: I mean, and in, in this game, I mean, Garoppolo delivered the, the deep ball that they needed right to Ray McLeod. He dropped it. He delivered another. Deeper pass to Charlie Werner. He dropped it. uh, Delivered another deep ball to Brandon Ayuk, but Jake Brendel held. You know, it's, it was just, it's, it reminded me a lot of week nine against Arizona last year, where the defense was shorthanded in that game. It was shorthanded in the secondary, and I guess it was here as well, because Charvarius Ward uh, exited the game. But that game against Arizona in week nine last year, the, the shorthanded defense wasn't enough. So the 49ers offense was going to have to score more. And, they you know, had the opportunity to move the ball and move it pretty fast in, in that game against Arizona. But then there was like a George Kittle fumble. There was another turnover. And in this one, it was it was these drops. These drops just kept on afflicting the 49ers. But you know, one thing you talked about, Dennis, was the 49ers just getting pushed back on the defensive line. And it, I think it's a major problem right now, defensive tackle. They don't have Armstead. They don't have Kinlaw. They don't have DJ Jones anymore. He's with Denver, and you need at least one of those three guys to be a proficient run-stopping team in the, in the wide nine, especially when you face a team that shows up to run the football like Atlanta. Now, the good news of the 49ers is that there aren't a lot of teams like Atlanta in the NFL. One of the teams like Atlanta is the 49ers, and obviously they, they, they don't play themselves. Uh, but other te- like Andy Reid is going to take note of the weakness the, four, the three lowest-graded 49ers by PFF that played at least 10 snaps in this game were their three defensive tackles. Hassan Ridgeway, Akeem Spence, um, and Kevin Givens. They did not get a good game from either of their three defensive tackles. They got washed out all too often. You know, running at will makes it sound like Atlanta was just picking up eight yards a carry. I mean, it wasn't 49ers versus Packers, NFC title game status, but Atlanta was able to run with impunity in this game. And and that meant that the 49ers could not earn the right to rush the passer. They, you know, just to illustrate this, against the Rams a couple weeks ago when they shut down the run game and they got after Matt Stafford, the 49ers had 36 pressures. In this game against Atlanta, the 49ers had five. And, you know, the simple way of analyzing that, and everybody says, oh, well, if they had Nick Bosa, it'd be different. And it's like, oh, okay, well, maybe a little bit different. But the point is the 49ers didn't have the pass rushing opportunities to get up to above 20 against the Falcons because the Falcons only dropped back to pass 19 times in this game. So uh, it it's one of those situations where they just took the air out of the 49ers pass rush because the 49ers didn't have enough defensive tackle firepower to fire against them in the middle. And, and in this scheme, you need these long, explosive – defensive tackles, which is why Kinlaw and Armstead, you know, are high draft picks. It, the, the scheme requires premium talent. You can't just plug and play anybody and expect it to work. And for that reason, Matt, you know, I really wonder what the 49ers are going to do about defensive tackle if, if Armstead and Kinlaw are both out for an extended period. Kinlaw is for sure. I asked Kyle Shanahan about Armstead. He said he would be very surprised if he played against the Chiefs. So what are the 49ers going to do if Andy Reid decides to start trying to gut them with his good offensive line and some talented backs right up the middle? Uh, it, it, you know, you, you can go out and try to sign outside help, and Dominic Sue is still a free agent, but, you know, that's not guaranteed to work. I think a more radical idea that might not be so radical is that we see Nick Bosa play a little bit on the inside during rundowns because the 49ers have a glut of defensive ends and edge rushers but they really last year they moved Eric Armstead inside to solve this issue is it Nick Bosa they have to move inside this season
3: well Nick Bosa is now down to you know around 260 maybe below 260 pounds so I don't know if that's going to work you know he would be the smallest guy on the line and and he'd be uh, on the inside too uh, I, I think they keep him where he's, where he's Nick Bosa. You know, I, I didn't think that the defensive tackles played all that poorly. Um, you know, it, it's a, a factor of 40 carries. Uh, they're, they're going to wear down by the end of the game. And, um, you know, I, I agree with both of you. I mean, it wasn't a robust game by any stretch. And, and the tackles that were made, uh, especially with, uh, with Fred Warner and some of the linebackers, uh, they were going backwards on those tackles. Um, but, um, you know, uh, like I said, that, that's 40 carries. I think there's a reason they didn't get a lot of pressures. <laughs> uh, Marcus Mariota only, um, attempted 14 throws. I mean, that, that, that's the kind of game it was that, that they got behind so quickly that, uh, they couldn't really go to their strengths. So I think it will be an issue. I think the bigger issue is going to be if Traverius Ward isn't there. And I, I, I know that uh, Kyle Shanahan left open the, the possibility that, that Ward could play, but gee, uh, a groin strain uh, with your, your star uh, cornerback, uh, I, I don't know. that uh, they, they were obviously using caution with, with Nick Bosa this past week. I imagine they go the same way and, and and hold Ward out of this game, although I'm sure he's champing at the bit to, to play against his, his former squad there, so... Um, I think that's the bigger one with, with Patrick Mahomes and that arsenal of wide receivers. Uh, I felt like, you know, when, when I was watching Samuel Womack on one side and D'Amador Lenore on the other, it was, oh, wow, that, that's not very formidable at all. And they got picked on uh, on the few plays that uh, Marriott th- threw the ball. Uh, you know, Womack got picked on for the, uh, for the TD by Kyle Pitts. It was a sideline throw to Lenore. Um, I don't think that uh, those guys struck fear into the opponent's hearts, and that's, that's going to be doubly the case with, with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs coming. That's uh, a tough, you know, uh, Dennis. They, they had seven would-be starters who were missing from that game. And, and by the way, an, an eighth one and a ninth one, Samson Ebucom and uh, Talanoa Hufanga were out for you know, stretches of that game too. So uh, eight out of eleven guys uh, at times weren't on the field. It's a really bad time for the Forty ers to be getting the injury bug with the Chiefs coming to town.
2: Yeah, and you know, last week I thought you know Atlanta's uh, strong group was that offensive line, and it was going against you know that you know that that tech second tier defensive line, and they and and I you know I, I think I think they got bullied around. I mean, I know you're saying that they didn't play so bad. I think. They were stuck on blocks. I think they had running backs falling forward. That's why Mariota didn't have to throw the ball that much because a run game was clicking in. But now you come to this week and I think one of the strengths, of course, is Patrick Mahomes and his, his and his ability to throw guys open and, and the receiving crew that he has. And now you meet the 49ers with, I don't know what's going what's to happen with, with Ward, but you know, you might have new corners, two new corners in there, two young corners that, you know, Womack is definitely not the cornerback we saw in the preseason. Uh, he's still learning that position. So, you know, it's 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 got to be, you know, I'm sure Andy Reid is, is you know, he's he's love, loving watching film right now and game planning the 49ers. If you see these two young guys, I don't know if uh, Verrett's going to be back uh, for the Kansas City game, but... Whoever's out there on those corners, I mean, it's, it's, you know, Sunday could get scary. It could get, get real scary with Patrick Mahomes back then. Then you, if you don't have the pass rush, you know, if if you don't have that push up the middle and then you can establish that run game. Uh, and then that kind of eliminates a lot of the pass rush because you're kind of sitting on your heels as a defensive, defensive lineman. And like you said, Dave, it's, you have to earn the right to rush the pass on third down. So, you know, uh, I don't know what, what the 49ers are going to do. Um, I don't understand how all these guys get hurt. I mean, it seems like every play on both sides of the ball, every play someone was coming up injured. I, I don't know. You know, I, I, I it, you know, we, we cover the 49ers. It just feels like the 49ers get hurt a lot. And uh, I, I just I just can't wrap my head around it. I don't understand it. But, you know, this week is going to be a challenge. You know, uh, you know, Kansas City, we saw that. What happened to them on Sunday night football, um, they're going to come in and, and you know, they're going to be ready to go. And, you know, if you look at these these corners, they're going to get picked on. And that defensive front, they're going to they're gonna have to establish, they're going to try to establish the run. I mean, you'd be crazy not to. I mean, if you look at that Atlanta game, you have to run the ball. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a challenge, but that's what football is about, right? I mean, you get another week to look at your mistakes, correct them, hopefully correct them. And then you get an opportunity to play on the following Sunday or Monday. So that's what the NFL is about, and and we're going to see. But it's going to be interesting kind of how they approach this game.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of
2: anyone? Luckily, with 24-7,
0: U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. Learn more at marines.com.
1: Well, dummies, I think so much of it is going to be reliant on how healthy the 49ers could be. And, you know, you could look at this glass half empty, glass half full. We'll see which uh, angle ends up being correct, but you just have to read in between the lines because Shanahan, A, he, he might not know exactly how healthy some of these guys with the strains are going to be over the weekend. And two, he's not going to divulge more information than he needs to divulge. But in the case of Nick Bosa, for example – uh, the last half full way of looking at it would be, oh, the 49ers held Nick Bosa out because they're playing on artificial turf in Atlanta and they're saving him for the natural grass against Kansas City. And uh, Shanahan has said you know, he was close to being able to play, but he had a chance, but he didn't. So that could be true. And if that's true, then Nick Bosa will be back and close to 100% next weekend. You can hope if you're a 49ers fan that the same logic applied to Charvarius Ward, that He might have tweaked his groin a little bit, and then they said, you know what, we're on turf here in Atlanta. Enough guys have already gotten hurt. Why don't we pull you out of the game and save you for Kansas City next week? Plausible. I don't know if that's actually what happened, but today Kyle Shanahan seemed hopeful that Charverius Ward would be ready on Sunday. He also said it was a day-to-day injury on the other side of the ball for uh, Mike McGlinchey, a calf contusion. And, you know, that leads me to my next point. Obviously, the 49ers' defensive weaknesses when they're down seven starters are – uh, apparent obviously Kansas City will go after them if uh, those weaknesses are still there uh, the tackle situation in my opinion uh, won't get any better unless the 49ers you know may, you know make some adjustments and you know Bosa might be too light that's just something I' I'm, I'm tossing out there I did notice during training camp, He's on the 49ers practice squad. Alex Barrett, he's he's normally an edge rusher. He's really light. He's 250 to 260. They lined him up inside. I think that what Chris Kocerec tries to preach is that his defensive lineman, can, he wants them to be interchangeable for situations like this. That's why Kerry Hyder is a good example of a resourceful guy who, you know, might be built a little bit more like a defensive end, but he plays inside. Either way, that's all besides the point because the 49ers, I think we could generalize this and say that there will be some weaknesses due to injury against Kansas City that the Chiefs will try to exploit. It's just a question of how many weaknesses the 49ers have by the time the injury report comes out on Sunday morning. Given that, Matt, I will subscribe here to the same theory that I subscribed to before the Atlanta game. It's a theory that the 49ers failed to execute fully in the Atlanta game, but they're going to have to bring it on Sunday. And that is that a good offense is your best. Sorry, (laughs) let me restart with that one. The best defense is a good offense. And I think that's going to be even more important this week than it was against Atlanta. And it was really important against Atlanta. You have to keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. You have to score points with your own offense. And, you know, that's probably the ticket to winning this game is defense does enough to slow down the Chiefs. But the, the, the offense has to do way more than it did against the Falcons.
3: Yeah, and I think that's what was so frustrating about the Falcons game for the 49ers is that, uh, you know, the, they, they were missing some pieces on offense for, for sure. Trent Williams, Mike McClinchy, those are two big pieces, um, and, and it hurt them at times. But uh, they did have most of their other pieces, and they did have opportunities. And uh, I thought Debo Samuel had another— Fantastic game. I mean, he just he just stuns me. He keeps impressing me how he's able to combine creativity and power when he has the ball in his hands. And uh, he was really close to breaking a couple. Uh, you, you talked about the Ayuk uh, bomb that was brought back for, for a penalty. I thought he had a nice game. Uh, they didn't really get Juwan Jennings involved. Uh, it looked like they were getting uh, George Kittle involved a little bit more. He had to do some more blocking because of the, the edge issues uh, we were just discussing. But my point being is that they do have weapons. They do have firepower. And, uh, you know, we saw... Uh, a, a 49ers team back in 2019 go into New Orleans, and um, Kyle Shanahan seemed to know. Again, it was a, the back end of a, a two-game uh, uh, road swing uh, to the East Coast, and I think Shanahan knew that it was going to be a real firefight and that his defense would be a little bit fatigued. Uh, it was the end of the season, and he basically uh, you know, got into a dogfight with Drew Brees and Sean Payton and came out the winner. And I, I don't see why the 49ers couldn't do the same thing. Um, have a real sort of Patrick Mahomes-like barn burner, uh, sort of a, a, a rematch of the of the Super Bowl where this time the 49ers come alive in the second half instead of shrink in the second half. I think it's, it's entirely possible. Certainly would be helped by Trent Williams being back. We, we see him in practice doing light jogging, hasn't done any real kind of... Uh, strenuous work on that high ankle sprain but uh shanahan left open the possibility that that uh williams would be back that would that would uh go a long way i think toward bolstering the confidence of this offense dennis and also maybe uh allowing kittle uh maybe two or three more plays a game just to go out and catch a pass and do what he does best um Kittle was talking about effort and energy at the end of the game. He said he thought it was lacking, that the the 49ers have a standard uh, where everybody's out there hustling all the time, and he wasn't sure if he saw that all game. I'm not sure I saw any kind of lack of hustle, but I will say that the guys that seemed to be delivering the most were were Debo Samuel and George Kittle, just running over guys, and that would be sort of a a nice uh, message to bring to the Chiefs early in Sunday's game.
2: Yeah. And, you know, that's what leader that's what leaders do. Um, you know, I, I can't judge any hustle or or effort watching on television, but certainly, you know, someone needs to needed to stand up and, you know, in th- that last drive. I mean, someone should have should have been, let's go. We got to score, you know, 14 points. Why, you know, why are we huddling up? Why are we you know, stand in the huddle so long. Why are we playing the clock down to the very – got to put points on the board. I mean, I, I can't judge the hustle, but ur- urgency definitely was not there. And I, I guess that's the coaches. I just didn't feel like there was any sense of urgency when you're down 14 points to a team that you should definitely be up 14 points. And, you know, the offense – I mean, the offense, we talk about the defense missing whatever it was, seven guys. But that offense, you know, you've still got your weapons. you got Jimmy Garoppolo. You said George Kittle. Uh, Debo, you know Brandon Ayuk had a fantastic football game. Uh, you still got Jeff Wilson Jr. in there, and and you still got your weapons on offense. And I said last week, you know, before the game, that this is this might have been a week that the offense has to kind of carry the defense, and that's what it ended up being. And yes, the offense had opportunities, but you know, guys got to catch the ball. You know, guys can't have holding penalties. So you know, it's it's it, you know this offense has got all all the all the horses, but, you know, no one's no one's pulling it. You know, it, it just felt it really felt like I was so frustrated in the fourth quarter when that long drive and then, you know, you overthrow Debo to end that drive. I mean, it was just frustrating because it didn't feel like it was any sense of urgency as far as the coaches, the players or anybody knowing you're down by you are down 14 points on the road. So, you know, you, you need you need you need people like George Kittle to be like, listen, the effort's not there because he's on the field. He knows the energy. He knows know, he knows what's going on. But you need that right now. I mean, you especially need it this week. I mean, you got to give you have to play your best football against the Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, you can't leave any points on the field. Uh, you can't lack any energy or effort. And you can't make mistakes if you want to beat this football team.
1: I agree with that. The pace of that final drive, and Matt and I were sitting next to each other in Atlanta in the press box, and you know, we're this is taking a long time. And you know, Shanahan, his explanation was, "Well, I knew that we were only going to get two possessions, so I didn't want that first one to be too quick." He it was almost like he was coaching, afraid to let his defense back out there. He wanted his defense out there when there wasn't much time left, probably to in hopes that after he scored one touchdown that uh, Atlanta would clam up a bit and then the 49ers would get the ball back with a minute or two left but you know that, that to me that's no way to to, to coach you have to be more aggressive especially given the flow of the rest of the game your offense has been blowing so many opportunities you are putting all of your chips into the middle of the table unnecessarily when you're making that one drive so deliberate and you know there was only one kind of kill shot that they schemed up on that drive to brandon Ayuk and garoppolo threw the nice pass and completed it but the holding penalty called it back and, and that's the problem with putting all your chips into one play, one big play, is that one thing goes wrong, Jake Brendel holds somebody, and all of a sudden, you're you're way back to where you started. They move you back 10 yards, and it's gonna take you four minutes to make up all that ground. So that, you know, the the stats going around that Shanahan is 0-27 when his team enters fourth quarters trailing by four or more points. And you need to add context to that stat because most of the time when the 49ers have been trailing entering the fourth quarter under Shanahan. It, it has been with uh, a backup quarterback, right, or a backup caliber quarterback, not with Jimmy Garoppolo, but they still haven't uh, caught up when, when Garoppolo's there. And, you know, we saw Garoppolo make the throws when they, were, when they were called for, but it was Shanahan really calling this really deliberate game, right, over the course of that final drive. And it's like, hey, Kyle, it doesn't matter right now if you have a third string left tackle in there and a backup right tackle in there. You need to win a football game and you can't, you know, just be coaching to avoid disaster the whole time because sometimes the disaster is the loss to an inferior team, right? And and uh, I think that, that the situation absolutely called for um, a more aggressive approach downfield. And I will add that Shanahan said that he didn't want to panic. But that's exactly what he did on the third and fourth down play calls. He panicked on third and fourth down. It was third and short, and he ran a cute pitch play to the outside. We know if Shanahan was serious about being methodical, moving the ball downfield, he would have just run a quarterback sneak with 100% success rate. Then on fourth and short, I understand it wasn't fourth and one. It was like fourth and one and a half. He just completely abandoned the running threat. He put Jimmy Garoppolo in the shotgun, and they ran a low percentage play. I'm sorry, but on fourth and short, if you're telling me that you're playing methodical football, Matt, you better be lined up under center because then the rushing threat is there. But the 49ers didn't do that. So I did not find Shanahan's explanation after the game convincing at all.
3: Yeah, they're not quite there offensively, whether it's it's confidence, it's play calling, it's uh, the blocking. It's Garoppolo, etc. You see it kind of uh congealing, but they're they're certainly not there yet. remember it didn't it didn't happen until week eight or nine last year when it really started to click. So I don't know if that's uh, Shanahan feeling his way through. I think Garoppolo's getting closer and closer. I mean, he had a nice game. There 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 were a handful of, of passes uh he probably should have hit. Uh the the interception to to Debo you know, Not not the end of the half one, but uh, the one in the second half was a little high. I thought the uh, cornerback initially got there too too soon. <laughs> they threw the flag, but they picked it up. I think that they, they should have trusted their gut on that one. Um, there was a, a rush throw to Jeff Wilson that was behind him on third down. And then that last throw, uh, basically the, the last chance the 49ers had to score, uh, I, I feel like uh, Garoppolo thought he was under more pressure than he was. And he tried to squeeze a pass into Debo Samuel. It wasn't a good pass, um, and he wasn't open. Uh, So, I mean, that's one where you just have to keep it alive until you get something good. That's the Patrick Mahomes way of doing things. And and Garoppolo's done that uh, at points in his career. That's why I say that it just didn't feel like it was quite there. He's not quite in sync and rhythm. He doesn't quite have his confidence back. Uh, But, like I said, I I think it's close (laughs) And uh, you just have to hope if you're the 49ers that they, they keep winning a few here and there until it all starts to click. And when that happens and, and we've seen it happen in, in two of the three previous seasons, uh, it, it can be pretty special. So um, that's, that to me is the key is get to this bye week that's coming up at, at 500. Win one of these next two games. And uh, I, I know which one seems easier to win right now. And, uh, uh, that might be the, the key one. But uh, once you get to the bye week, Dennis, then, you know, you start getting some guys back, I think. I think, um, and, you know, Eric Armstead would be back. Elijah Mitchell would be back. Uh, Mike McGlinchey would be back. Maybe even Javon Kinlaw. So all of a sudden, you've got more of a full slate if you can just squeeze out one of these uh, next two wins.
2: Yeah, and, you know, it it it's it's not going to be easy you know we i mean if i remember correctly the niners get the the chiefs this week and then you got the rams the rams aren't the same rams but they're still the rams and they've got some they've got some some decent players on that team and you know the 49ers own the rams but still the next two weeks it's not going to be easy i mean if if you're going to squeak out one of them i mean this would be the week to do it and you know you play the same old rams and you know maybe you can get two wins in these two weeks but You know, with this defense, I mean, the Rams get beat every year by the 49ers by the defense. So the defense has got to get better. Uh, And this week, you know, you need your defense. And your defense is is short, you know, maybe seven guys, seven starters. So it doesn't get any easier. And, you know, you have to Jimmy Garoppolo in this offense. You know, you have to figure it out. And, you know, I, I just watching this game against Atlanta, you know, that those 14 points were quick. Like I said, it was a little help from the special teams. The special teams is called special teams for a reason to flip the field like that. But they looked like they were starting to click. Those 14 points. Those those two Brennan IU, I mean, it was nice. You use Debo as a as a kind of a decoy on one play and you throw it to Brennan IU can, you know, he runs it in. So I, I thought, okay, here we go. You know, Jimmy's Jimmy's clicking now, but then that was it. That was that was really it for the football game. Uh, and then the rest were, you know, missed opportunities and and um, penalties. And, you know, that last drive was just, you know, Cal Shanahan said he thought he had two more possessions when he had no more possessions after that. So, you know, you got to click. If you're going to click and if you want to get to the bye week, I mean, it, it's going to be tough and you have to make a lot of changes. Uh, guys like George Kittle have to stand up and and really, you know, he he talks to the media about, you know, a standard of of play. He's gotta get that in the locker room and, you know, talk about the standard. This is a standard. This week they'll have, you know, that that Harbaugh team, I think, in two thousand twelve, I think they're coming back. And they were just dominating. They just dominated people that 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 football season. So you talk about standard, this is the week to show it. And um, you know, but that offense has to at some point start clicking. I mean, you have to use these weapons. You got the weapons. You got some of the best best players in the NFL on that side of the football. You got to use them. So you know it's it's going to take a lot. But like I said, that's what the NFL is about, right?
1: Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to to, to wrap it up. I think that that kind of summarizes where the Forty are at right now. They have to find a way to make it work moving forward. And I mean, you mentioned rhythm, Kyle Shanahan. You know, th- th- this is my parting thought. Kyle Shanahan thought that the 49ers were really, really close to finding it when they tied the game at 14-14 and they had that third and 13. I think, Dennis, you talked about at the start of the show and Kyle Shanahan considered that the most damaging play of the game. Uh, I thought D'Amico Ryan screwed that one up and I thought Shanahan might have even kind of insinuated that when he, at his post-game press conference, he said, I don't know what the hell happened, but all of a sudden Marcus Mariota was running into free space and Uh, What happened is that Ryan's brought six men rushing. He brought two on a blitz. He brought Dante Johnson, Andre Greenlaw, left the middle of the field totally wide open, even though, remember, Mariota had only completed 48% of his passes the prior two weeks. He wasn't an accurate passer against coverage, yet the 49ers just parted the Red Sea for him, right? And and he he picked up the first down with his legs. And Shanahan was convinced that the 49ers, if they had gotten a stop, they were playing so well offensively, they were in such a rhythm that they could have gone up 28-14 because they could have scored before halftime and then gotten the ball first in the second half. Instead, they didn't score anything because the Falcons scored instead. And then, obviously, um, the second half saw the, the drop from Ray Ray McLeod and the Falcons scored again. And they're the ones that took the 28-14 lead and it up winning by that much. But I guess my main point is that the margin, or at least in Kyle Shanahan's head, uh, the, the margin is obviously very thin between looking inept and nothing clicking and and firing into full rhythm. And Shanahan believed that uh, allowing that third and 13 conversion is what stopped good stuff for the 49ers. And I don't, you know, we'll, we'll put that theory to the test moving forward. Because if this team is indeed close, then they will show it, and they'll have to show it very soon with the Chiefs coming up. Matt, do you have any other thoughts?
3: Well, only that luck always plays a huge role in it. I mean, I was watching the game and the uh, the fumble that they returned into the end zone was actually fumbled into the end zone, and the guy basically tossed the ball. Uh, across the goal line, and it could have easily rolled out the side of the end zone, which would have given the 49ers the ball back. But somehow it spun, you know, how a football shape and it, it, it can bounce in any uh, direction, and it somehow stayed inside the end zone for a recovery for a TD. But I mean, my point is that that's, that's sometimes is the difference between winning and losing is just just which way the ball rolls and whether it stays in bounds or it doesn't.
1: Yeah. No, that's, that's it's a great point. And the margins in the NFL are very, very narrow. All right. Well, this has been kind of a wrap up of the 49ers Falcons game. We'll be back with you uh, later this week to preview 49ers and Chiefs. I know we did a little bit of both because this is kind of straddling. Uh, both areas of interest right now. But anyway, for Dennis Brown and Matt Barrows, this is David Lombardi. We will talk to you all next time on Here's the Catch.